Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Feel Good Spine podcast, where I have quite literally got your back. We talk about all things scoliosis, back care related, as well as fitness, yoga, nutrition, and just health in general, so we can live our best possible life. So today I have a special episode for you. I will be interviewing Sarah Davidson-James, who is a weight loss coach for women with PCOS. She has a background with nutrition and personal training and was also diagnosed with PCOS herself. PCOS means polycystic ovary syndrome, and I'm very interested in this and the relationship between scoliosis, as I do know that people with scoliosis tend to have problems with their menstrual cycles with their periods and some people are getting cysts and thyroid problems so if this is you please let me know I'm very very interested to find out more but in this episode we're going to be talking about health and fitness as well and just lots of tips for us women to live our best life possible with scoliosis and maybe with PCOS as well so let's get into the episode Hello, Sarah. Thank you so much for joining the Feel Good Spine podcast. I am so happy to have you here and I'm so happy to learn all about what PCOS is. Let's get started, Sarah. Give us a little hi. How's it going? Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm stoked to be here and chat with all of you guys. Um, so a little intro into who I am, what I do, and where I come from. <laughs> um, so I am a weight loss coach for women with PCOS. Um, my background is in nutrition and personal training. And believe it or not, I was diagnosed with PCOS. And so that's really what kickstarted this whole journey. I was struggling with my weight. I was struggling with acne. My hair was falling out. I was getting hair growth in areas I didn't want and wanted a better quality of life for myself then turned into a career to help other women once I was able to reverse a lot of my own PCOS symptoms. That is awesome. Congratulations. Well done. And we need more people out here like you fighting the good fight for our skulls. Okay, so let's come on to what is PCOS? Yeah, absolutely. Great question. That's the question I usually get for anyone that hasn't experienced PCOS or even those that are struggling with hormonal imbalances, it's, we're still so unaware of what happens in the female body. So in a short, PCOS is a hormonal imbalance that is actually quite common amongst women. The hormonal imbalance is that we have a higher level of androgens, our testosterone, so the male sex hormone. Yes, all women have androgens, we just have an excess of it. Um, alongside that, you typically have a few more cysts on, you have more cysts on your ovaries. That isn't always the case with PCOS. So sometimes there's a bit of a misconception there. Um, but it, it, essentially it is just having that excess male sex hormone. Wow. <laughs> that is, <laughs> that is great. Thank you creator for that one. That's really nice. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. That's <laughs> what everyone women wants to hear. And I love it when males ask me that question. Like, so what is PCOS? And I'm like, oh, Hormonal imbalance. Yeah. <laughs> going for, further into it. <laughs> awesome. Um. So I guess that brings me on to my next question. Like, what do you know what the causes are for PCOS? Like, why do we get it? Yeah, absolutely. So it's a, that one is actually a bit of a trickier question. 
technically, if you were to look in a lot of those medical definitions or medical journals around causes around PCOS, it's still unknown. We're still on a lot of new and emerging science when it comes to women's health as a whole, and that does fall under the blanket of PCOS as well. Um, there is speculation um, around diet and lifestyle, and that's what a lot of the new science is coming out with. Um, and I do trend more towards agreeing with that direction of things. A lot of times people can lean on saying, oh, it's genetic, you're going to be predispositioned to get it. But realistically, with a lot of chronic illness is it is that environmental lifestyle factor that can trigger the onset of, um, of these symptoms, things like PCOS as well. Oh, very interesting. Very interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> so like, what are, what are the symptoms? Like, how would you know if you had PCOS or it was starting to happen? Yeah, that's a great question, because a lot of this can come on gradually. And a lot of conversations with women around their periods and hormones and stuff like that, we've normalized a lot of symptoms that aren't actually that normal. So the biggest indicator of your questioning of if you have PCOS or not, or any other type of hormonal imbalance, is what does your cycle look like? Is it quite irregular? Are you waiting two, three months before you get a period? Do you have a lack of a period completely? Those are going to be some early signs to take a look at what your hormones are doing and if they're in balance and to maybe get some blood work done. Um, there's other stuff, obviously, that does come along with PCOS. Um, it's gonna, you're going to be gaining weight or it's going to be trickier to lose weight overall. Um, hair loss in your head and hair growth in more of those male areas. So sometimes you get that tummy trail. Um, some women do experience facial hair as well. So you're losing hair on one hand and growing hair on others, and it's just not in the right places <laughs> or not in the places that you would want. <laughs> Oh, no, it's not an enjoyable journey. Um, there are a couple other things as well. You could really be struggling with your acne, a lot of hormonal imbalances, again, PCOS included, you can have oily acne prone skin, which is not fun. Um, you could be having a difficulty getting pregnant. And then like I said before, having cysts on your ovaries as well, but that doesn't have to be present for the diagnosis of PCOS. Again, just sometimes a bit of a misconception there. Oh, Okay, interesting. I didn't know that. So you can have cysts on your ovaries and it's not related to PCOS. Um, sorry, more of the reverse. So you don't have to have the cysts on your ovaries for yeah. you to get diagnosed with PCOS. If you meet enough of the criteria um, for the symptoms of PCOS, the main one being elevated androgens or testosterone. So you do need blood work for that and you do need ultrasounds to take a look and see if you have cysts. Um, but you don't have to have the cysts, even though it is in the name. Again, we're moving away from that outdated research and understanding a bit more of um, newer science around it. Very interesting. That um, brings me on just with a little bit of a relationship with scoliosis. Um, I heard, I was listening to a podcast and I just wanted to know the audience's point of view here. If you have had some kind of cysts or thyroid problems, um, I heard that it can occur more on the concave side of the scoliosis, especially of the lumbar curve, obviously, because the body is missing mass here because it's very compressed. So apparently we're trying, the body's trying to fix itself by growing things on this side. So for anyone listening to this, like, let me know if you've had a cyst or a thyroid, thyroid problem, like, do you know if it's growing more on your concave side over your convex? I find that really, really interesting. And we just love to know. Anyway, moving on to Yeah, that is super interesting. <laughs> crazy. Honestly, it blew my mind. Like, 
like science like the body is just amazing and incredible in so many ways yeah and like as you mentioned with um the thyroid I was also diagnosed with hypothyroidism um so those things do typically go hand in hand it's all endocrinologic oh my gosh words it's all part of your endocrine system and so typically um those diagnoses do come hand in hand hypothyroidism PCS and so it's interesting that scoliosis sounds like it has has worked its way in there too. What else are we going to get? <laughs> oh, right. Seriously. <laughs> um, can you like, what kind of myths are, are out there for PCOS? Because I know there's loads of myths out there for scoliosis. So I'm just wondering what it's like in your world. Yeah, totally. I would say the two biggest myths that come up is that you cannot lose weight with PCOS and that it's impossible and that you cannot get pregnant with PCOS. So I'll kind of tackle each one of those. Uh, first, with not being able to lose weight, this is simply not true. There's a lot you can do from diet and lifestyle. And kind of what I was mentioning before in terms of the causation of PCOS, a lot of that is diet and lifestyle induced. Once you're able to heal and reverse the bad habits from your diet and lifestyle, you can see dramatic and great results with being able to lose weight with PCOS. It's all about being strategic with your nutrition strategic with your fitness plans and your recovery. That's really that last tier that a lot of people forget about is that if your body is under recovered for anyone, but specifically with PCOS, you're going to have a hard time seeing long-term lasting results and not burning yourself to the ground. And then on the flip side, when we look at the inability to get pregnant, again, it can be a lot more difficult. So that's not to take away from the struggles that women face. But typically, when you start fixing your metabolic health, which is those lifestyle things that I just spoke about, your fitness, nutrition and recovery, it you do start to get a period back, which is going to help you get pregnant. And a lot of the struggles with infertility or not being able to get pregnant with PCOS is if you don't have a period, when are you ovulating to get pregnant? Whereas when you start to heal those pillars of health, that's when you start getting your period back, you have more opportunities to get pregnant and your body is in a state of accepting the pregnancy. Because if you think about it, even just from an evolutionary perspective, why would your body want to get pregnant if it's under a state of stress or feeling unhealthy? Yeah, that makes sense. That does make sense. I think that goes for anyone, really. But mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, there's a lot of people that struggle. It, interesting enough, fertility rates are plummeting, not just amongst people with PCOS, but just globally. And I do believe that is a massive indicator of what our diet and lifestyle is doing to us. The yeah. fact that we are struggling more and more to have kids, we're having to go to fertility clinics and stuff. And someone needs to be screaming or have podcasts like this to say diet and lifestyle first. Obviously, there is a time and place for modern medicine, but are you doing everything in your diet and lifestyle to really fix and reverse your symptoms? Or are you looking for the quick fix to get injected with something, get a pill before fixing your nutrition? 100%. I completely, completely agree. Obviously, years is working as a personal trainer. I have seen this time and time again, people trying to look for the quick fix, but nothing happens quickly, um, especially with scoliosis and with PCOS. You have to put in the work, people, but it's worth it. And we are here to inspire you and help you get there, okay? (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. It's always the quick fixes of, okay, how can I lose weight in one month? And you're like, okay, cool, but how are you going to keep it off for the next five to ten years? (laughs) Exactly. It's not just for a holiday. It's for life. It's for life. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. So I guess that kind of brings me on to what can you do to help PCOS? 
Yeah, there's a lot that you can do. And that's what I find so exciting about this is because a lot of times when you get diagnosed with a chronic illness, and I'm sure you probably felt similar with scoliosis is at first you feel like the sky is falling and that the world is over and why it's so unfair that you get diagnosed with, for me, my second chronic illness within a two year period, it doesn't feel amazing, but you've actually got this great opportunity to force yourself into a healthier living. Because oftentimes we have to get to a big place of discomfort before you start making changes. And for me, that was the case. And for a lot of women, it can just say, this is it, enough is enough. Um, So anyways, to answer the question that you originally asked, um, what can we do to improve PCOS? Um, I would say looking back at those pillars of health that I was talking about, looking at your fitness, nutrition, and recovery, and really optimizing each one of those categories. So many people are living a subpar quality of life because they're not optimizing those health habits, and you deserve so much more. You have this one body to move you through life, and you want to be utilizing everything that you can to improve your overall health. So to kind of give a quick summary in your fitness, you want to be moving your body every day. That doesn't mean going to the gym and hustling like crazy, but we aren't meant to be this stagnant. We need to be getting in that blood flow, adding resistance training. You do want to be gaining lean muscle mass. That is going to really help your metabolic health as well as your hormonal health. And then moving down onto the nutrition pillar of fitness or sorry, pillar of health, moving down onto nutrition, you really want to be prioritizing blood sugar stability and getting in a lot of whole foods. Those are kind of those two main categories you want to think about with nutrition is my blood sugar stable and am I eating whole foods? So whole foods, what that means is foods that are look as close to their origins as possible. So for example, vegetables, you can kind of imagine when they came off the tree and things like that, whereas vegetable crackers, not so much. They've gone through a lot more processing, a lot more additives and chemicals are going to be in those, which is not going to help your health. (laughs) and then that just that last pillar of health is focusing on recovery um oftentimes it's become the societal norm of hustle culture getting six hours of sleep and that you're a hustler and you're waking up at four o'clock in the morning with bags under your eyes and you're like grinding to get it done but that is wreaking havoc on your health and it's going to catch up with you in the those later years or within a couple of months and you're just not going to be living at that optimal state Yeah, no, that's so important. I recommend a book, Matthew Walker, Why We Sleep. That book changed my life. And ever since then, I'm going to be honest here, I go to bed at like 9 a.m. every day. No, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. (laughs) a.m. That's impressive. (laughs) Yeah, I really do try and get my eight hours of sleep. I know how important it is. And trying not to have coffee after 2 p.m. as well, really important because coffee gets you wired, people. It really does. And it can really affect the depth of your sleep like you need to be having a long deep sleep every day to get that recovery whether it's you're trying to battle an illness or just working out or any kind of just life and fitness anything to stay healthy and get your brain functioning well you need your sleep it's really really important 100 <laughs> percent. i haven't read the book i really want to but i i think i listened to a podcast with the author and i obviously you know working in the health space very familiar with sleep but just when you start looking at the statistics of yeah. your longevity just having what the impact lack of sleep does it yeah. is insane it's so insane it's so insane so yeah looking after yourself looking after your sleep it should be number one priority if you have scoliosis like we're we should be doing corrective exercises and strengthening exercises every single day 
if you if you want to help your scoliosis and get better, that's really, really important. And then you need to get a good night's sleep so that your body can relax and all the, the correctives that you've just done can like like work, you know? That that's when the time that's when your body changes is when you're asleep. It's not when you're exercise. So yeah, that's really, really important. Um what coming on to what what would you say the best kind of exercises, workouts, movements for PCOS? is yeah there's a lot of chat online about what to do with pcs as anything in the health space everyone and their dog has an opinion on what to do <laughs> yep I, I would say yeah um i would say the quick answer is i don't want to say anything because there are more strategic ways but you do want to enjoy the fitness routine that you have so what yeah. you can maintain consistently and show up for yourself every single day, which is going to look a little different every day, is going to be important. But the strategy behind that, bottom line, you want to be gaining lean muscle mass. So what that means is resistance training. You want to be lifting weights and you want to be lifting heavier and challenging yourself to lift heavier. I know for a lot of women that's intimidating to either do that in the gym, you're worried about getting bulky um, and all of those kinds of things. But like, trust me, getting bulky takes F. You are not going to get there by accident, but we do need to be lifting weights to gain lean muscle mass, which is going to help improve your overall metabolic health, which is then going to help with your PCOS and make it so much easier to lose weight. In, in terms of looking at the intensity that you're doing with your workouts, um, you want to be mindful of HIIT. If you're depending on where your stress and recovery practices are at that current state in your life, if you want to add in a little bit of HIIT, maybe once a week, that's totally fine. Maybe line it up with your cycle, listen to your body if it's feeling right. Sometimes getting into those higher intensities, getting into those little bit of stress states and bringing it back down can be beneficial. But you do want to be a bit more mindful and strategic. And the majority of your workout time, you want to be in a moderate to low intensity. You can still train heavy and moderate intensity. That just means you're extending those rest times in between the sets of working out. Yeah, I love the part where you say working out like in line with your cycle like mm -hmm. really really interesting I really just started to to map not only my business but also my workouts in line with my cycle because girls if you don't know this like there's times of the month where you have so much energy and you're running around and you want to jump around and you know you want to do lots of things and there's also times of the month where you like you're tired you don't have energy and you need to listen to your body when it's telling you these things and kind of plan and structure your workouts and your life, your business, everything around the system. Do you, yeah. you agree? You do that as you do that kind of stuff as well? Yeah, 100%. I completely agree with that. Um, yeah. You know, men have a 24 hour cycle clock, we have a 24 day ish. Yes. <laughs> and so it's just and I think you know there's been a lot of conversation and I completely agree with that where society and you know the corporate structure is built around males internal body clock which is 24 hours whereas we go through a lot more different phases and so I completely agree the one thing I would keep in mind which I've definitely fallen into too is oh during this time of my cycle I'm not supposed to be working out so I'm going to take it easy listen to your body. There's been times in my cycle where I should be taking it easier, but if I'm feeling energized, yeah. I would honor that over what you're supposed to do in the textbook. Feel it out. It's going to be a bit of a touch and go trial. Uh, but in those times where you're feeling more lethargic, stay moving, but adapt your workout. It's yeah. going to make it worse if you don't move. 
Um, but yeah, completely listen to your body and don't be so hard on yourself. Not every day is going to be perfect, but the fact that you consistently show up is what's going to give you the best results for your health and weight loss. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I just want to interject here and say that if you have scoliosis, you should be moving and exercising every single day. You can be working out, you can be in the gym, you can be running and doing yoga and all of these things as well. Um, but we just have to take extra care of our spines and our bodies. And if anything is painful or it hurts or it doesn't feel right, then that's when you need to stop. But we need to be active no matter what, scoliosis, PCOS, like everything, everyone, we need to be active and living, to, like letting our bodies live our full potential. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I kind of want to add into in terms of that mindset with working out, which is, I've been a big victim of that. I am naturally a type A type of person. And so you want to do everything perfectly and execute hard in the gym. And you always want to have these intense workouts. And over the last six months, I've been practicing, I want consistent movements. I can't be pushing myself insanely hard in the gym every day, or I'm going to burn out and understanding that you're never going to regret showing up and moving your body. Listen to your body. If you're saying, no, this feels too intense. That's okay. But that's still a win that you showed up to the gym. That's yeah. still a win that you got movement in. Don't beat yourself up because you can't maintain any habit if you are constantly degrading yourself every day for not doing it a certain way or that's how you get yourself to the gym is like get up you stupid ass like, that's the exact language you use but I hear a lot of people they use the negative self-talk to get to the gym yeah is that the narrative you want in your head all the time absolutely not absolutely not <laughs> <laughs> yeah I cry enough on my own as it is I don't need to be mean to myself on top of that <laughs> exactly life's hard enough be easy on yourself folks <laughs> yeah yeah we need kindness no more bullies <laughs> <laughs> oh I totally agree um okay so you mentioned earlier about recovery playing a big role with PCOS and like we discussed how like recovery is just important in in general PCOS scoliosis everything but can you elaborate just a little bit more on that yeah absolutely so I'll start kind of even with my own personal story with recovery and PCOS um, so this was back when I was a personal trainer um, working in a gym, and I was doing everything right on the um, fitness and nutrition front, but I was burning myself to the ground from a work perspective. It was the classic kind of 14-hour days, trying to get the sleep that I could. I was a, Obviously, I knew recovery was important, but even in my egotistical mind, I was like, mm, nah, I'm going to just eat well, work hard. I'm going to see all the results that I want. At that time, yeah, you know, weight loss was fine. I was kind of reaching a bit of a plateau, but I still wasn't getting my period. And this was me doing everything else right on the health front, but I was still having to take um, progesterone to induce a period because it wasn't coming at all. So that's kind of the state that I was in. As soon as I, obviously this isn't possible for everyone to just quit your job, but you know, if you can, would recommend if it's not serving you. <laughs> But it wasn't until I took a step back, slowed down and prioritized recovery. I now get a regular period. The days are a bit longer. My cycles are around 40 to 45 days. So not your typical person, but it is regular for me. Um, around that, I can start to predict it a lot more. And I don't have to take progesterone because I'm actually prioritizing recovery. And so I think an easy way to think about that is 
you're trying to get these great results. And again, it kind of goes back to what I was saying is you have this one body to live in, you need it functioning optimally, and you want it functioning at your best, you kind of want to live this hazy life, because you're constantly exhausted. And you can't really focus on anything that you want to do, because you're tired, or put in that effort to learn those recovery practices, prioritize sleep, and you can show up for yourself so much better your period is going to come back, your quality of life, your health is going to get a lot better, it's going to make it so much easier to lose weight. And you're not gonna have to take a bunch of synthetic drugs to get the results that you can naturally. I love that. That's beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) I know it's sometimes hard talking about this stuff, because it's not sexy. It's not like here's this like little chewy gummy that I took and I got all these results. It's eat your bloody vegetables go to sleep and (laughs) get in some steps. (laughs) Literally, it's so true. There is no magic pill for this. Like I spend 40 minutes a day just breathing into one area of my spine. Literally. (laughs) Literally lying there. Like there's so many other things I would rather be doing right now than breathing into the left side of my rib cage. But (laughs) (laughs) future me is telling me to do this. Present me present me wants to go and have fun go for a walk go and see my mates future me it says no claudia you need to lie here and you need to breathe into your concave side of your spine because future me needs this so that i'm not in living a life of pain and mm-hmm. you know that i can actually help my scoliosis and just help my body in general when i go work out when i do yoga when i'm walking when i'm doing weights everything is my future self is telling me that i have to do this regardless of what present me is currently wanting so it's all about discipline as well but <laughs> yeah 100 percent. future me wants to have a tub of ben and jerry's for breakfast yeah. present me is having half my plate full of fe- vegetables <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly Okay, so what's one thing you would say women can start doing today to lose weight and improve their PCOS? Yes, that I love that question because we want to give women something actionable to do. Um, I'll do the quick side note. Everything I just talked about in this podcast, you do want to do. You want to prioritize those three pillars of health. I can't say that without <laughs> putting in because there isn't going to be one quick fix, but one thing to start with and start that journey with, I would say stabilize your blood sugar, going back to that nutrition pillar of health, that is going to be the easiest thing that you can add in because regardless, you are eating food every single day. So you can be strategic with the food that you eat. I know it's bit sometimes it's privileged to say improve your recovery, improve your fitness, because that's a little bit potentially outside of what's already happening. But right now you are eating food. So let's strategize on the food that you can eat to optimize your PCOS and start healing some of those symptoms. Um, So like I said, you want to stabilize your blood sugar, that's that primary goal, easiest way to do that, getting in a lot of veggies, and there's a strategic way you can eat your food that makes a dramatic difference on your overall blood sugar. And so what that is, is you want to be Yeah, no, it's super cool. There has been a lot of again, new science, new nutritional science coming out where it's not all about calories in calories out. It's a bit of an outdated approach to weight loss and nutrition. But obviously, you want to be eating whole foods, And then really focusing on the order in which you eat your foods, not to a crazy extent, obviously, you can have some flexibility, this is also life we're talking about. But ideally, for the most part, you want to be eating your vegetables first, that's that fiber roughage and phytonutrients you want hitting your stomach first, that starts to coat the um, layer of your small intestine, which is going to help prep everything else. Then you want to move in to your proteins and fats second. 
Again, that's going to help slow down your overall blood sugar response and carbs last. A lot of people don't realize that carbs actually convert to sugar in your body. So having potato chips is going to be the exact same thing as having gummies. It's not sweet versus, I used to think this, I used to think um, sweet and savory was different. So if I just don't have something sweet, I'll be fine, but it does the same bloody thing. (laughs) It all converts to sugar. (laughs) So carbs equal sugar. You don't need to be terrified of carbs, but be strategic with how you eat your food. Vegetables first, protein and fat second, carbs last. And you can have a dramatic difference on your blood sugar. It actually keeps you full for longer too. So you can have the exact same meal and be hungry in two hours and have the exact same meal and be hungry in four hours. It makes a massive difference. That's so interesting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to add on to that because I didn't, I haven't even touched on it, if that's okay. <laughs> um, but uh, another thing that comes, uh, comes quite hand in hand and is typically either the cause of PCOS or comes hand in hand with PCOS is insulin resistance. And so what that is, usually you, if you're familiar with the term, that's usually found in the world of diabetes. Um, yeah. But PCOS is, can also be recognized, or PCOS is also called, sorry, PCOS is also called diabetes of the ovaries. Again, referring back to those lifestyle considerations with insulin resistance, um, that means your body is resistant to the insulin that it's pumping out. So you continue to have more insulin in the body. Um, Higher levels of insulin is a big factor in what can cause PCOS and continue to make your system, continue to make your symptoms worse. Um, So stabilizing your blood sugar, because when your blood sugar goes up, your insulin levels go up as well. Stabilizing that is going to help overall treat the insulin reverse insulin resistance. You can reverse those symptoms. Um, so you don't have a problem with insulin resistance in the future. Wow. I feel like I've learned a lot today. <laughs> awesome. I'm glad to hear. I know I can, <laughs> sometimes it gets a bit confusing, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be able to chat about it. Yeah, me too. It's really, really interesting. And I really hope that this can help a lot of people out there and just like just get the knowledge and get the help out there what do you have any recommendations for what females with PCOS can do right now to help with their issues yeah um so yeah I would say you want to be focusing on those big pillars of health um and that's actually why I ended up developing an online course to help women do exactly that because it can be really tricky. It can be really intimidating. And you do need to have a strategy in place to get your fitness in order, get your nutrition in order and get your recovery in order. And so I developed PCOS Weight Loss Academy. It is designed specifically for women that are looking to lose weight, but also heal a lot of their PCOS symptoms, clear up the acne that they've been struggling with, and just get them to an optimal state of living and completely transform and actually thrive with PCOS. Oh, wow. That is amazing. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no, I'm super excited. I've been able to help a lot of women get these results. And I just wanted to make it more accessible um, to women around the world. Yeah, so okay, so you have this awesome course. um, That's really, really exciting. Congratulations. How how would um, people from here get to download your course? I'll I'll, I'll add your socials and stuff to this podcast. But do you have Instagram? Like what, where can we find you? Oh, right. Thank you. <laughs> By the way, how <laughs> to find me. Um, no, yeah. So I've got Instagram. My Instagram handle is Sarah Davidson James. Um, so Sarah with an H. Um, it's a bit of a long handle, but it's just my full name. So pop over on Instagram. It's the same handle on TikTok, Sarah with an H. Not, don't spell that, just Sarah Davidson James. 
Um, so Instagram and TikTok is the easiest place to find me. You can always send me a DM if you have any questions. Um, right now I'm going through an early bird launch, but then come next week, the course will be available to social media platforms um, at a little bit of a discount. So you'll be able to grab it there and just start working on transforming your health. Amazing, amazing. So this podcast will actually be coming out during that little bit of discount. So I really hope that people listening to this hop on. And if you need some help with your PCOS, that you come to Sarah and ask her because as you can see, she's got so much knowledge on the subject. And she's super friendly and helpful. And yeah, we need people like this in our lives to help us. We can't do it all alone. <laughs> Aw, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has been so much fun. It's been really interesting learning about the relationship with PCOS and scoliosis as well. I I, I didn't even have any clue about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Same. I guess, yeah, that, that brings me back to just saying if, if you have PCOS and scoliosis, reach out to us. Let us know. We're interested to, to hear your story, what you're going through. Um, yeah, it's just a really interesting relationship. So let us know. We're here for you guys. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I always love hearing from different stories. If you have any questions, please feel free to ask over on Instagram or TikTok. I, I love being able to chat with everyone. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, it's getting about to that time. We're going to have to start wrapping some things up. Um, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us today, coming onto this podcast, giving us your knowledge. You have been great and i really hope that all of the followers and people listening to this have learned a little something today awesome thank you so much i had such a fun time and yeah thanks for having me you're very welcome okay i will speak to you soon everyone out there have a wonderful day goodbye